0: Good morning, saints. Man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, a rainy morning. <laughs> I didn't even know it was going to rain, but uh, I just thank God for being here today. thank God for your pastor and uh, your church here. Yeah, you guys have been gracious to me. Uh, second time down preaching. I really appreciate you guys allowing me to exercise the gift that God has given me. And um, just thank you for your—make sure you keep your pastor in prayer, because uh, that tooth pulling, that thing is no joke. <laughs> You know, I had mine done some years ago, man, I was crying like a baby. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, keep your pastor in prayer; he, he needs it. Um, I just thank the Lord for uh, my wife today and my children, uh, who are here supporting me. Uh, really appreciate you guys. <laughs> you know, we've been up and down the road a lot lately, and uh, they've been persevering with me. So I just thank you for you guys. Thank you guys for that. Um, today's, uh, word is, uh, it's, a, it's an encouraging word. It's a short word, but it's an, it's an encouraging word today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at the book of Lamentations. The book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 21 through 23. Uh, but we're going to read, uh, we're going to start from verse 1, uh, we're going to go through 23. So Lamentations, chapter 3, we're going to start at verse 1. We're going to read to the 23rd verse. Amen. Lamentations chapter 3. When you found it, say amen. (coughs) All right. Lamentations chapter 3. Let's start at verse 1. I still see some pages flipping. I'll wait. It, Lamentations chapter 3. And the word of God reads <clears throat> I am a man that has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Surely against me is he turned. He turneth his hand against me all the day. My flesh and my skin hath, made, hath he made old. He hath broken my bones. He hath builded against me and compassed me with gall and travail. He hath set me in dark places as they that be dead of old. He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. He hath made my chain heavy. Also, when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. He hath enclosed my ways with hewn stone. He hath made my paths crooked. He was unto me as a bear lying in wait, and as a lion in secret places. He hath turned aside my ways, and pulled me in pieces. He hath made me desolate. He hath bent his bow, and set me as a mark for the arrow. He hath caused the arrows of the quiver to enter into my reins. I was a derision to all my people, and their song all the day. He hath filled me with bitterness. He hath made me drunken with wormwood. He hath also broken my teeth with gravel stones. He hath covered me with ashes, and thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. I forgot prosperity, and I said, My strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul. Had then still in remembrance, and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for just allowing us to be here this morning. Lord, we pray, asking you to come into this place, Lord, into our hearts this morning. Forgive us of sin. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Prepare our hearts, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to speak. There may be some here, Lord, who don't know you and the the pardon of their sins, but I pray that you would save their soul today. Lord, we all come to the table in need. So, Lord, we're asking that you feed us this morning. Help us, Lord, to see what you see. Break us, Lord. Mold us into the people you've called us to be. Speak to our hearts, Lord. We'll be ever so careful to give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Using it as a title today, Great is God's Faithfulness. Great is God's faithfulness. On September the 11th, 2001, America was devastated by a series of terrorist attacks, which took the lives of many of our fellow Americans. Husbands no longer had wives, wives became widows, children became motherless and fatherless, and some parentless. Friends were lost and colleagues were no longer members. Feeling secure for many were just a memory, and hope of some was just a four-letter word. Many raised the question then, and they continue to raise the question today, is God really faithful? And some even proclaim that God is not faithful. If the truth be told, we are the ones who are unfaithful to God. God has always been faithful and will be Always be faithful to us, according to Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. We must understand that every nation that has forsaken God has never escaped the wrath of God. We who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and have faith in God can be assured yesterday, today, and forever that God is faithful. In our text today, we find that the children of Israel had forsaken the Lord their God. The prophet Jeremiah warned the nation of the coming judgment of God if they did not repent of their sins. The nation of Israel had no intentions of repenting because they were right in their own eyes. The nation was so corrupt, they willingly turned from the truth and had no desire to fear God whatsoever. They tolerated wicked men among them. They committed sin for personal gain. And they prophesied falsely. They even committed adultery. They had stiff necks towards God's word. They chose evil over good, oppressed the poor. They defiled the land. They honored other gods and burned their sons and daughters as sacrifices. And that wasn't all. They even conspired to kill the prophet Jeremiah for preaching God's word. So God allowed a nation that was once considered a wonder of the world, a place that was renowned among kings and queens to be wasted by the Babylonian army. The men were slaughtered, their women were ravished, children enslaved, and the city was stripped of all its value and torn of its pride and burned like a pile of trash, all because of sin. And we in America sat looking at the Twin Towers going up in smoke that 11th day of September. And Jeremiah wrote in Lamentations 1.1, how do the city sit solitary that was full of people? How has she become as a widow? She that was great among nations and princes among provinces, how has she become tributary? You see, sin in our lives personally and collectively should never be taken so lightly that we provoke God to wrath. Because of sin, Israel found itself alone, destitute and defenseless. As Jeremiah surveyed, the overall picture of what took place, he began to lament or to mourn. See, times when we're on the mountaintop like Israel was and God allows us to go through the valley, it's in the valley sometimes where we question God's faithfulness. Valleys come because of sin, like Israel, to draw us back to God or to God in the case of unbelievers. valleys also come to make believers strong. For when we are tested, God wants us to come forth as pure gold, according to Job 23.10. We must understand that our faith is built upon how faithful we believe God is. Let me say that again. I said our faith is built upon how faithful we believe God is. It shows in our daily walk it shows in our talk. Uh, many people give up on their marriages because they don't believe that God can do it. Some throw in the towel at school. Sometimes we talk about people instead of praying for people. We don't believe God can use us in reaching the lost. And ultimately, there are those who ne- never accept Jesus Christ as Lord. We as Christians have to know that God is faithful. So when we encounter these valleys of life, we can go through them and not just stay there. There are three things that we want to pull out of this text today that will help us and drawing closer to God in these valley times of our life. Number one is this, God's faithfulness. God God is faithful to his word, and it gives us hope. God is faithful to his word, and it gives us hope. You see, Jeremiah was down and out like like we are sometimes. He had uh, thought about what he, what he had, what had happened, and, and he thought about it so much that it pushed him down into despair. Uh, but in the shadows of doubt, he saw a light of hope in verse twenty one, and he says that this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Uh, the definition of hope is a favorable or confident expectation in God. That is. Uh, Jeremiah remembered that God is faithful to His word, so he had, so uh, he had, he had uh, had to um, realize that God was faithful to His word. So he knew that in the book of Deuteronomy twenty, the twenty-eighth chapter, God told um, God told the children of Israel uh, what would happen to them if they followed His word. In ver- in the twenty-eighth chapter, in verse one, he says. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. And then going on through the verse, he would tell them how they would be the head and not the tail. He told them that uh, their baskets would be overflowing. He told them also is that when the enemy would come in, that they would put them to flight. But then after uh, verse 13, he comes into verse 14 and he says this. It says, and thou shalt go, not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods and to serve them. And in verse 15, he says, but it shall come to pass if thou will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Meaning that instead of being the head, they would be the tail. Instead of their baskets overflowing, they would be broke. Instead of putting their enemies to flight, he said later on in the verse that they would go into bondage by their enemies. You see, and they also understood that if they rebelled against God, that in Leviticus 26, God also says this in verse 40, if they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their their trespasses against me, and that they also have walked contrary unto me, and that I also have walked contrary unto them and have brought them into the land of their their enemies, if, if then their uncircumcised hearts be humbled, and they accept of the punishment of their iniquity, then will I remember my covenant with Jacob, and also my covenant with Isaac, and also my covenant with Abraham. Will I remember, and I will remember the land. You see, when Jeremiah thought back, and he remembered what God said in his word, and you see, that's what we have to do at times. We, we can't depend on Dr. Phil. We can't depend on Oprah. We can't depend on uh, some uh, theologian. But we have to go to the word of God in our valley times and and understand that is that's where we pull the meat. That's where we're fed It's through his word and through his word alone. So Jeremiah, he he knew that God would restore them if they repented of their sins. Jeremiah remembered that. And just as Jeremiah remembered uh, God's word, we too should do the same. God wants us to remember his word and to stand on his promises because God is in slack concerning his promises. If some men count slackness, you see times when you feel alone and you're going through these valleys, you have to remember what David said in Psalm 23:4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And when the trials of life seem to be overwhelming, you have to remember what Isaiah said in uh, chapter 43, too, is that when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. God is faithful to his word. And if you don't know his word, then you won't know how faithful he is. He's faithful to his word. Jeremiah wasn't looking at the fact that, oh, Lord, you know, we're in bondage. Don't you love your people? Well, why can't you deliver us? And he remembered, hey, we were the ones who forsook the Lord. We were the ones who backslide. We were the ones who, who, who didn't trust him. That's why we're in this predicament that we're in but all because just because we're in this predicament he said you know what but god is faithful because he's faithful and, and in his faithfulness he's going to deliver us you see it's through god's word it's through his word and through his word alone that he honors his own word and he's faithful to his word and god being faithful to his word Jeremiah knew that the nation had hope because in remembering god's word he knew that mercy we're sure to follow. And that brings us to our second point is this. Is God is faithful in mercy. He's faithful in mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Mercy in this passage is also seen as uh, God's steadfast love. The nation of Israel had, had been down and out. Uh, God was punishing them for their sins, but did not reject them as his covenant people. God remained faithful to the covenant that he made with them in Deuteronomy 28. Uh, But Jeremiah understood that the nation didn't get what she deserved, which was to be consumed. You see, God could have wiped them out, but he was faithful to his word. (laughs) And he was faithful in mercy. God always looks out for his people. He may let you go through many trials and tribulations, but he'll never allow them to consume you. We all deserve death, hell, and the grave. But God is faithful in mercy to them that love him. God's mercy overlooks our faults and our failures. Uh, God is faithful. Just imagine if God took away his mercy, we would all be consumed. For the lost souls who have never accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, there's going to come a day when grace and mercy will cease, when justice will be demanded and God's wrath will follow. Mercy, mercy for the saved will endure forever, but for the unsaved, it's going to cease one day. That's why it's important for us to, to witness to the loss, because the mercy is running out. John Edwards, that great preacher, described God's wrath as this, and I quote, the wrath of God is like great waters that are restrained for the present, but they increase more and more and rise higher and higher till an outlet is given. And the longer the steam is stopped, the more rapid and mightier it is of the course when it is let loose. My God, thank God for his mercy. Because if God didn't extend his mercy to us, we would feel his wrath. And that brings us to our third point is this that God is faithful in compassions. He's faithful in compassions. Compassions are God's gentle feeling of concern. Compassions in this verse can also be seen as God's loving kindness, which is really an overflow of God's mercy. Even though Israel pushed God away from them, God never left them alone. God's supply of loyal love and compassion never failed Israel. Jeremiah said his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. We as Christians should never think that God's loving kindness is limited because he has an endless supply of compassions and he's abundant in mercy. God's faithfulness toward us never ceases. Whether on the mountaintop or in the valley, we ought to thank God for our valley experiences, because it's in the valley where we grow in our faith. It's in the valley uh, where we learn to wait on God. It's in the valley that we can really appreciate that Him, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. When all our sins and griefs to bear, it is a privilege. (laughs) I'm messing up here. He says, all our sins and griefs to bear, what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Everything to God in prayer. It's in the valley where weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It's in the valley where we become broken by God. We have to shut down our pity parties and let, our, let ourselves go and let God at times. Let him perform his perfect work, that he's working within us. We, too, can have hope in knowing that God bakes a fresh loaf of daily bread for us every morning. God's loyal love was offered to his covenant people every day, just like the manna was provided in the wilderness. The supply could never be exhausted, never be exhausted. God loves you with a love that's so great we can never comprehend it here on earth. This truth here calls Jeremiah to to call out and praise, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness toward me. Just as Jeremiah was overwhelmed, we too and should call out and praise, great is thy faithfulness to God. We have to remember that in our times of despair is that God is faithful. We go through times in our lives where we we question God all the time, even the little things. But we have to understand that all things work together for good to them that love God and those who are called according to his purpose. It says all things. It didn't say good things. (laughs) It said all things, even the bad things. It's all working together for good. But the key is to them that love God, to them that love God, So God's faithfulness to his word, it gives us hope. God is faithful in mercy. God is faithful in compassion. Thomas Chisholm said it best when he wrote that great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. The first stanza says this, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions they fail not, as thou has been thou forever will be great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see all i have needed thy hand hath provided great is thy faithfulness lord unto me i tell you church he's faithful he's faithful if anything god is faithful and Jeremiah says in, in, uh, in the, verse, the verse after that, in, in verse 23, 24, he says, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. The Lord is my portion. We, we have a lot of portions in our life. We count on our 401Ks. We count on our health, our wealth. We count on everything as our portion. But the writer said that the Lord is my portion, uh, meaning that he desired the Lord more than he desired life. And you see, that's what God is grooming us for, church, is that we would desire him and no other. He said that the Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. Therefore will I hope in him. If the Lord is not your portion, you're not going to hope in him. You're not. You're going to complain and murmur. And that's why the next verse he says, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. That 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 he's talking about there is that that quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord is that you're not murmuring. You're not complaining. (laughs) You're not. Oh, woe is me. He said you patiently wait and hope on the Lord. So God is faithful to us, church. He's faithful to us. So when you're going through these times in your life, as Jeremiah was going through, you have to understand that his faithfulness is a part of his character. His faithfulness is a part of his character. You know, as a lot of times people say, don't don't get me out of my character. I'll curse you out. (laughs) You know, (laughs) maybe that is your character. (laughs) But you see, you can't bring God out of his character. He's faithful. He's faithful. God is faithful. So he's faithful to his word. Remember that. He's faithful in mercy. He's faithful in compassion. Allow the Lord to be your portion today. Allow him to to, to work in your life. Desire him and no other. Because there is no other than the Holy One of Israel. So great is God's faithfulness. Many skeptics today, they question God. Is he faithful? And we as a church have to proclaim that he is faithful. Not just what we say, but what we do also. As we stand to our feet. Just an encouraging word today. He's faithful. He's faithful. There may be one here today who... Don't realize that God is faithful. You may be saying to yourself, well, he allowed this and that to happen in my life, and that's why I don't accept him. But you have to understand that sin entered into the world and death by sin. This is the reason why we go through so much in life. It's because of sin. Not necessarily because you sinned, but it's because when Adam sinned, death passed upon all men, and we live in a fallen state. And this world is in chaos. Chaos. Don't blame God for your failures or the failures of others. If there's one today who's never accepted Christ as Savior, and you would like to, why don't you come up front today, and we can help you with that. Will there be one today? If there's one who are unchurched and want to join a church Uh, And make the upper room their church home. Why don't you come today? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Short word, Lord, but encouraging word. That you're faithful. Lord, we ask you to forgive us. For many times in our life, we... We question, were you faithful? We ask you to forgive us, Lord, but many times in our life we acted as if you were not faithful. We pray that you forgive us this morning, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to understand that if anyone is faithful, you are. And because you're faithful, we can depend on you with all of our heart, with all of our mind. We can just throw it all on you, Lord, because you don't fail. So Lord, we pray that you encourage your people today. Strengthen them, Lord, for the week, the year, and the months, and the years to come, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would touch them, Lord, with your mighty power. Whatever they're lacking this morning, Lord, I pray that you give them the increase. Move by your spirit in their hearts and in their minds, Lord, Break us, Lord. Mold us into who you would have us to be. Help us, Lord, to just call on your holy and righteous name. We thank you for being such a great God. We thank you, Lord, for never failing us, for looking beyond our faults and seeing our needs. We thank you, Lord, for for always, always, Lord, taking care of us, Even when we thought you didn't, we pray, Lord, just giving you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise this morning because you're worthy. There's none like you in all the earth. You're a great and holy God. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.